Hello and welcome to Rogue Liberty Podcast. Hello, welcome to this episode of Rogue Liberty. Uh, I don't know which episode this is going to be. Um, just to put it in context of time, I recorded with Clint about five and a half hours ago, and I've just recorded with my friend Mike, and now I'm recording with Jose Galasson, who many of you all will know from Twitter, especially if you're in Tower Gang. You know him as the guy who... Um, who calls Lib Unity definitely not fake, but de- but definitely gay. And you will know him for his famous tweet recently, <laughs> <laughs> which was, oh my God, out of all the dumb shit you tweet for that yeah. one, to like, you were, you were asking for it though. You were tweeting some dumb shit trying to get one to take off. <laughs> not, not really. I actually really, I don't know why. That one was like one of those ones I just was like, I think I'd like just gone off the, the can or something. And I was just like, eh, that'd be kind of funny. And I, even my head was like, eh, it's not that funny. It's kind of just a dumb shit post. And I was like, <laughs> eh, well, whatever, I'll post it. And I was like, you know, eh. and then, well, I, like it just, it's, it's almost a 3000. And it's, but was it like, was it, I think it was yesterday the day before. And I'm like, what the hell? Yes. It was, uh, I forget what it was. My phone's shut off right now, but can I think you, it was. Um, can you imagine if you had a pair of tits? Yeah, right. How viral, that would have went. <laughs> <laughs> right? But the, the funny thing, though, is I think it was a bait thing. And I don't know if it's just one of those things where it like, just drew in the midwits. Because I, I can't remember. How, I, my phone's shut off right now. But I, I think, that, if I remember correctly, the tweet was something like, uh, guys. And it was like, I, I know this may sound crazy, but I don't think the government has our best, uh, our, uh, was it the, our best interest in mind. And it was like, that's literally was it. It is like... But like I, I think the, I think partially it took off because all the people just like are so programmed to Twitter to like to shit on people and just be like, oh my god, look at this idiot. And it's like, like I, I, I like if you took two seconds, just open my profile, you'd be like, this guy is a hardcore anarchist. Like he clearly doesn't think this. Like so it was like I got so many things that were like, oh, I'm... oh, you're just not thinking this. I read through the comments and people were like, oh my God, you're just figuring this out now? It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. You can, like, like the, the most hilarious is like uh, Drew Hancock when he, he posts, he tweets stupid shit sometimes and people take him seriously. Like, you could you can put the most ridiculous tweet up and there's always some autistic libertarian somewhere who's just going to come and fucking shit on you for it or take it out of context or take it seriously. I mean, fucking Nick just posted no to women normalizing women with mustaches he just retweets no <laughs> and he gets fucking ranted on all day by one person who did apologize so that's good of them so i'm, I'm not gonna uh say who it was but yeah it's fucking no. oh my god it's a crazy place to her i mean i i never saw the value in it i always kind of struggle but liberty twitter is fun Every other fucking Twitter sucks, but Liberty Twitter is, is where it's at because he's just fucking trolling journos, shitting on statists, fucking like Tower Gang and shit. It's it's fun. And I'm just seeing, um, you know, Michael Malice troll people, especially journalists. It's just fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, like 
So uh, we haven't had a topic in mind, but me and you, we've spoken a lot in the past, haven't we? So we know that we can just fucking talk shit and it'll come together. So how I know Jose is um, last year I tried to make a, I tried to form a cultural liberty movement on Facebook and yeah, I missed a fucking train on that by about 10 years. Um, basically, the idea was to influence culture in any way we can on a local level and eventually on a statewide level. We kind of had it back to front looking back. We should have focused on the, um, culture, the local minuscule level first instead of thinking statewide. Um, but you live and learn, but unfortunately Facebook's just become such a fucking hellscape for this shit. As soon as conservatives and, and everyone was get, were getting removed and libertarian groups were going, I was just like, yeah, I'm off this platform. You clearly don't want me here. And frankly, I'm not comfortable with them fucking spying on my shit. Um, like if you look at like Twitter and Facebook as the, uh, like the Democrats and the Republicans and where the Republicans are mildly just tiny, tiny bit better and the democrats are just on some issues that's kind of how it is with facebook and twitter so facebook's like the fucking worst and twitter's like uh it's it's still shit but it's just not as bad <laughs> as facebook is yeah and it's funny i always joke that like uh because like I, i've i've clowned a few people before like i remember i made some tweet that was actually like sort of kind of blew up and i don't remember what i said it says on the lines of like i hate it when all these people like clutch their pearls when they see like you know stuff on twitter when it's like dude this is this is fucking twitter like we're clowning here like this is what we're doing and it's like everything about twitter is set up for that but you think about facebook and facebook used to be like an actual place where you could have like reasonable discourse but they have gotten to the point and don't get me wrong there is an element of like shit posting but it is also is like it's more the platform is more lends itself to being able to have more long-form discussions and uh like but Twitter's not that way. But then now Facebook has taken people like me and you and essentially just made it such an uncomfortable location to where it's not even worth the hassle. And I went through like a whole bunch of like, you know, 30 days, seven days, whatever, over and over. I just got to the point where it's just, it was just more of a hassle. And I know like to some extent, it's like, I know Pete and Bird have talked about before, maybe not Pete, I think it was Aaron. I've talked about before, uh, about how like you should like not let them have their spaces and like you should always be pushing back. But at some point there is a there is a value judgment to be made. And when when it came to Facebook, it was just like beyond the pale of just like I have nothing to do here. And even then to some extent, I like the way Twitter works where it's this this um divisive discord. Because if anything, I'm I am all about sowing divisiveness right now. And and but and I don't and I but at the same time I also am in some ways for the Lib Unity thing. But very much so, I think the, the way the future is going to be is we're going to have pockets of freedom and pockets of tyranny. And so driving that divide, shoving that wedge with, you know, just whether it's shitposting or whatever, is I think in some ways the way forward. You're kind of separating the wheat from the chaff. You're creating, you're taking our people and you're further cementing them into fucking liberty. And then you're taking the other people and you're like, and you're just making them be like, well, we don't want you here in this intellectual space. Frig off. And like, I mean, it depends. You can I mean, swear I, on this podcast, yeah. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Frig off. <laughs> but, yeah, Pull yeah, off, no, mate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, like, I mean, it's one thing. I'm not saying like you should be addicted to everyone. I mean, it depends on the scenario. But it, like, 
I'm not going to sit here and debate you. Like, and I think Clint was talking on some show recently how he was like, you know, if you come come up to me or like, hey, fuck you, dude, and like, or or with some type of energy where you're coming on a- aggressive, I'm just gonna like probably either I'm either probably gonna block you. I'm not really have block heavy because I, I I actually find I for some reason I like to ignore. I feel like that drives people more nuts. So I will either ignore or I will just like. It, depending on how they come in, if they come in a respectful way and they want to talk, I will be respectful back. But if they come in with any sort of shitty energy, I will I will just drop like I will just ridicule you or I will ignore you, and yeah. that that's the kind of discourse I want going forward. Like identify where I we're essentially quickly, and especially in this time and age where it's like I think things are to some extent accelerating. It's like Twitter is that perfect medium to be like to quickly separate the wheat from the chaff in this like in this 120 character type you know scenario to where we're driving the discourse one a certain way you know so I totally agree and yeah it's like you say like yeah there's a need to be in their spaces to push back don't give them like the fucking safe space they crave like you said though is facebook is it fucking worth it like even just trying to grow a group on facebook these days has just become a fucking it, it it would take way too much fucking time and energy than people have and it's again it's just become it became a place of safe spaces and it's just as you say beyond the fucking pale to really take that space up and push back there it's not a place to push back because they're in their groups they're in their group and you can't access that group because as soon as you say something they don't like, they kick you out. I was in the, I was in the, um, like just a, what was it, Scottish um, heritage group, um, like a pagan and such group. It's not literally for pagans, but you know for folk and stuff like that and Scottish heritage. And I got kicked out uh, because I said that Scottish independence, the name is fucking bullshit. The name's stupid because it's not Scottish independence when Scotland joined a union with Britain. Scotland are Britain. Like, England and Scotland are Britain. That's that's how it works. They're Great Britain together. So Scotland is not in, in becoming independent. They're breaking away from the union. Independence is just some propaganda fucking words to, like, rewrite history and claim that Scotland's some kind of occupied place. I got fucking kicked out just for trying to have this discussion in a historical context um, and that's how it becomes, like, these leftists take over the groups, which was part of the idea of the Liberty Movement, was to create a new spa- new spaces for, not just for libertarians, but for anyone who's just sick of uh, having politics pushed on them in their own groups. But again, it's just it's just, just too much on Facebook these days. It's just not, not a friendly environment. Twitter, if Twitter had groups, it would go the same way. That's why Twitter's so great. It doesn't have groups. Groups are brilliant, but they don't work um, for discourse with people who disagree with you unless you go for that specific kind of group. Um, and like you say, with uh, the way the culture's going and everything, the pockets of liberty is certainly a possibility, but it's, I I really do not see the, the Libertarian Party being that, that way forward. I agree with what they're doing. I think it's great. Like any 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 way people get enthusiastic to spread the message of liberty, fucking great. Even if it's going somewhere where it's not going to have many gains, great. As long as people are getting that energy behind them, they will learn just how 
that that medium isn't going to work, but they won't lose that fire the same way that Ron Paul didn't get his position, but the fire was never lost. It just dwindled out a little bit, but you can add fuel to it and yeah. use another medium. I mean, my biggest concern, I really, I actually think this may sound silly, but I think in some ways the biggest concern is that they actually do crush it. Because I think with success, it's going to change. We've already kind of talked about this in group chats and stuff. I think to some extent, like even say with somebody like Dave, I, th- I feel like to some extent this political game and some of the stuff he's been doing has changed his messaging, taken a little bit of his edge. Like he's just not – I mean, don't get me wrong. He's still good, and I'm not trying to say there's anything bad, but I feel like the more he goes down this path, the more he's going to be essentially to some extent become a lot like any other politician. And, like, I think – I do think if he runs for president under the LP ticket, I honestly am of the opinion that he probably will have the highest percentage or whatever the hell of any LP candidate ever. I mean, obviously, I don't think he's going to win or anything ridiculous. But you know what? I think – then, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's great. But now, like, what does that mean going forward? That's going to reinvigorate this belief in utilizing the Libertarian Party. It's always, it's also going to move them back towards this like pragmatist message of like, well, look at all these votes we got. We should be appealing to people to get votes, and they're going to miss the message that like, well, the reason why you got all the votes was because of this hardcore message. And I think they're just going to slip right back into what they were before, and like essentially, you're just going to end up with a larger party than we had before that have the same bad actors. To yeah. begin with, so I mean that without a doubt, that's going to start. Yeah, it's it's just like how socialists say, "Oh, let's let's um, bring down the state by expanding the size of the state." Jeremy Corbyn, prime example over here, was one who was going to do that. He was going to expand the size of the state, the power of the state to bring down the state. And it's like it's like I'd always argue, socialists. Okay, so what if Jeremy Corbyn gets like after or something, or you know, uh, he can't, he's not leader anymore. There's some radical going to fucking take over. Who's going to then um, use his the expansions he put in place to crush you? That that's basically what's going to happen. So I think the best thing that the Libertarian Party can do, Libertarian parties everywhere, is scorched earth, take over the party and fucking tear it to the ground. <laughs> that, that's the best the best option I can think of. I, I, yeah, I agree, but that's kind of very much the same thing as like the Minicus argument of like, wouldn't it be cool if these people got into the government and they just did what they were supposed to do? And it's kind of the same thing where you're like, I, I mean, I mean, it, it, if, I mean, take over the party and then bring down the infrastructure of the party and just disband. Yes, I know, I agree, <laughs> yeah. but I'm saying that's kind of the same concept of. Oh, I know there are all these incentives that drive things a certain way, but wouldn't it be cool if for some reason a bunch of people got in there and went to the exact opposite way the incentives are for long enough to completely destroy it? It's yeah. like, well, that's not or to put or have it in the in the in the manner that I want it because that's the kind of same idea when it comes to like government, yeah. like minarchism. Like you look at incentives. These are why this is set up the way it is because incentives drive a certain way. Sure, like everyone brings up like Ron DeSantis here in Florida and how like he didn't really shut down his heart, but it's like. He's one blip in the larger thing. Like if you're looking at incentives and how things drive, the incentives clearly drew, drew, uh, drove things a certain way. DeSantis went the other way. But you know what? Like, So if you're looking at this one little blip of like, oh, well, look at that. That didn't go the way the incentives are going. You're like, but like, you need to look at the larger trend and how things go in the long term. You know? I agree. Yeah, I wasn't saying that is yeah, yeah, yeah. what what will happen. That would be the best case. It's just like how yeah, yeah, it yeah, would yeah. be the best case scenario if someone got into government. 
and teared it down. It's just not going to fucking happen. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That was kind of the point I was getting. I knew you weren't yeah. saying that, but at the same yeah. time, it's also like, it's like that's like wishing for something that you know is not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's you like know? fucking wishing to. It's it's fucking the chances of winning the lottery three times are probably going to be fucking greater than that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they've kind of seen that like they're they're approaching it with um, principles, and it's just like Eric July says: you, you're dealing with unprincipled people, then it's not going to be it's not going to be fair, and you have to play their game. That's essentially what they're going to have to do. So that's how they're going to become politicians playing this game because you've got to fucking play politics. You can't go into politics and not play politics. That it's it's like going into fucking I don't know, soccer and trying to pick up the ball. It ain't going to fucking fly. You ain't going to get anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, it's like... So this is why, like, as, as I said with Clint earlier, and you know how my, my message on this, the only way to effectively spread liberty in my view is through culture and that doesn't mean um i'm not saying agorism doesn't work or anything like that i'm just saying it doesn't spread culture on a wider level as going through culture say how china um subverting nations right now is through culture not through military means they go through the culture they take control of the culture they build opposing institutions or infiltrate the institutions even um and it fucking works because you look at the growth Eric July's had in this past year. It starts off with him being in his band and everything and then him doing these, you know, his channel, his rants. Then he's breaking into um, the circles of like geeks and gamers and shit. They want him there because his, uh, because he's so fucking based and he's waking people up. That's one man, one man doing that. And just imagine if, more people just follow their passions, say it's comic books or movies or something, just get up there and try to just talk about that and then wake people up as kind of like the side goal, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. So it's it's definitely the most effective way because if you talk to most people, like most people when they get into politics, um, like I was saying earlier, let me just gather my thoughts here. I was saying earlier that, like, the the mistake the establishment has made with this woke shit is they have overextended it. They put it in places where it didn't need to be. If you've got a gamer playing fucking Minecraft or whatever, like playing some RPG, and he's just playing Minecraft, he ain't doing shit, he doesn't care about politics, he doesn't care about fucking woke shit or whatever, like, he's just in his own escape. Basically, what they've done is they've had this shit come down into people's escapes, and people who are not wanting to be politically aware are thrown into politics now. So what do they do? They vote for Donald Trump, obviously, because they're just they're, they're not politically aware, and now they're politically homeless. So you've got these politically homeless people who are ready to hear this message of liberty, who are ready to hear this whole um, idea of where this woke shit's coming from that is ruining their escape. Like, that's infiltrated their spaces they're angry they're pissed off and they just want to like a libertarian like dave smith coming in now getting onto like into their circles like and saying what he says would fucking wake a whole lot of people up and it would drive the culture that way because they are in the culture they're in the spaces yeah no i agree i the only thing i would push back on is a little bit you did mention earlier that like oh i i don't think agorism i feel like a lot of people 
have a misunderstanding of what agro is meant. The way I kind of see it in some senses is basically just about everything except, except for the politics stuff. And it's like to some extent a mindset because I don't th I think that's completely conducive to agorism. Like, you know, you go infiltrate, you know, some fucking cultural movement or whatever or become part of it. But at the same time, you're also spreading these concepts of like, hey, well, when you know, like, hey, you know, maybe find loopholes in your taxes or or, you know, like you could do, you could use cash or Bitcoin here in, the, in this instance or, you know, but or even just a because in a sense, like agorism really is just in my head, a lot of it is just like a contempt for the state. And it's a it's a mindset. And a lot of people I always irritate me. People say shit like, oh, well, I'm not agorist because I, the, the state would come get me or something stupid. And it's like there's a reason why the gray market was what's such a big part of Konkin's writing, because he literally was trying to push this concept of it's you. It's not zeros or ones. It's not one or the other. Like you, you do what you can. And it's like, you know, like he's, no one's saying that you need to go, you know, live out in the woods and like they completely never pay taxes and, you know, like make your own well and stuff like that. Like, that's just insane. Like if you can do that, that's what you want to do. Let me great. Go, go, go ahead. But that, like, that's not really what they're getting at. We're getting at by incremental, like uh, who was it I was talking to? I was talking to someone, uh, I think it was Patrick McFarlane. And we were talking about, we used an example of like, a mob and how like the difference between a mob and a government is just the, the people, you know, ha looking at it as if there's some sort of sense of legitimacy uh, of the government, but not like a mob. Like if I'm, if I'm at, like, if I'm in a town where the mob basically runs things like, and they come to my shop and they're like, they put a gun in my face and like, Hey, give me my protection money. I'm giving me his protection money, but I understand that it's not legitimate. And that's kind of some sense what agorism is. And it's like with that comes implications of the legitimacy. Like in the mob example, it's there's nothing wrong at all with you being like, I'm going to cut some corners. I mean, it, oh, I told him I'd give him 200. I, ooh, I gave him 195. He didn't notice. Maybe that guy didn't remember. You know, just like it's this like so you are like a little bit slighting them. You're you don't feel like you have to do that. And so like it's a it's a like the uh, fucking um God, um, C not C.K. Lewis, fucking uh, C.S. Lewis. Uh, the 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 is the quote about how like moral busybodies are the worst, and the same thing goes for like statists because it's like they will if they genuinely are true believers, they'll give the state every dot like dot and tittle because it's like they believe that it's entitled to it. But the difference is, it's not sustainable for a state to have a people that don't recognize it as legitimate. Because then they will cut every corner that's possible. And once you get to – the more people that do that, the more corners are cut and so on and so forth. Okay, so a good example with what I'm talking about and what you're talking about um, would be, say, um, with – for example, Ethan, Ethan Van Skyver created uh, All Caps Comics. You know, the guy does um, Cyberprog, is it? Or something wow. like he 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 left DC or got fired from DC or something for some like when this for his politics basically so he's like he's disenfranchised with the whole thing so he just starts crowdfunding his own comics and helps other people get crowdfunded so he is circumnavigating these states sponsored you know like DC comics Marvel comics these things where you need to have specific politics to really get ahead there um so in that in that sense he is then uh cutting the state out more so 
if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an algorithm move. Not saying he's an algorithm, yeah. just saying it's, and, that's and that other, kind of shit. Another thing too is he's moving away from the corporations, which I that's one beautiful thing that I really like about algorithm is that it emphasizes that the corporations and especially in modern day society are very much just wings of the state. So, and there is this understanding of like, yes, it's kind of hard to also be completely uh, away from the corporations because they like are so bastardized versions of the private. But if you, to the best extent you can, it's better. So that yeah. is another thing. Like with that example, you provide that it's like he, by doing that, he is essentially being more entrepreneurial. He's breaking away from the uh, the the corporations, and, and in some sense, like corporations really are like this is where the lefties get it wrong. Like the the corporations aren't like bad because they're corporations; they're bad because they are like literally like in, indebted to the state to some extent. Yeah, so, that's very true. Yeah. Like I, I have this, uh, yeah, I have this argument all the time because they'll say like, oh, they'll they'll just blame capitalism overall and say, oh, this is just capitalism. Oh, this is just a function of capitalism. This is the inevitability of capitalism. It's like, and then when you ask them about what if you take the state out of the equation, even if you ask a fucking anarchist and like someone who's against capitalism who is a professed anarchist, where if you take the state out of the equation, they suddenly start arguing. All of a sudden, that the state can't be fucking taken out of the equation. They'll be like, "Oh, with capitalism, the state will be built itself. Like there'll be a state. Um, they'll, they'll make one or something." It's like a, that's not how the fucking state came to be. It's been along around longer than fucking capitalism has. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's um, it's 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 an argument I have a lot. Um, so yeah, this is like the, one of the main reasons for me to make this channel is I want to get like for one, I'm not, I don't want to fucking preach something and not be participating in it, like doing it myself. So there will be a lot of cultural shit coming out of this channel. Um, for example, um, uh, look, hopefully soon we'll get Pete Quinones on. We're going to discuss Star Wars, uh, the philosophy, some of the philosophy in Star Wars, but surrounding our culture with fear of death and how that fear of death is um, it is so... It's, it's degrading our culture, basically. It's it's what's empowering the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, with that, like, I want to get this message out there, like, because not many people take my view on how uh, how best to spread the libertarian message. It's always, it's always people arguing, like, a DLP is the way. And I guess, in a sense, uh, mine's compatible with algorithm. So I'm not going to say it's... it's um, I'm not going to say it's DLP versus algorithm here because maybe I'm more on the algorithm side here than I'm with the algorithm, but I'm promoting it in a different sense of just build your own cultural institutions and reach out. If you're in the LP, if you want to make a difference, you're going to have to reach out to these people who have disenfranchised with the culture, with not just, I mean, as in the cultural institutions, not the, um, the culture and how they would see it. I, I mean, literally people who can't even watch a fucking movie anymore because it breaks the escape because they're seeing this woke shit and they don't know where this woke shit's coming from so they just blame the left and it's part of the divide and conquer game get in there and say to them like this is where it's coming from and you need to build your own we need to start building our own institutions and that's not easy but it's that's the thing yeah we need parallel institutions because and the the entertainment industry very much is a an institution as well that we need a parallel version of. We need something yeah. running alongside. Because I do think we're going, we're moving towards a world where we're going to be 
having something closer to liberty that is coexisting with something that's even more statist. So I, I think we're going to see a divide. And so it's like, we're going to need to have these. And I think this is the way you do it. It is very much a break off to your own with a more of a decentralized entrepreneurial type spirit where it's allows it to break away from the corporations, which are very much a wing of the state at this point. Like that is what corporations are like, uh, like a lot of people don't realize we are in fascism. We are not in like all the boomers like to say we're like in socialism or communism. And it's like, I mean, kind of sort of not really. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of fascism is kind of uh, similar, but it's, there's a notable difference. We're you moving know. towards a Chinese model of fascism. Mm. Uh, and the Chinese model is very similar to the Nazi Germany model, actually. <laughs> so, you know, it's that kind of shit. Like, for example, how fucking Siemens made the ovens that, you know, the gas to Jews in. Mm. Well, they weren't the only ones. There was other companies involved in that. But there's one example. Hugo Boss made uniforms and shit. That fucking state and um, state and corporation relationship. Um, so with that, like... Um, so instead of discussing this anyway, I was going to say, like, this is a good opportunity for me, like, because I've got guests on who are known and um, more just interviewing them. And um, me and you, we've kind of grown into trying to do something together. So I wanted to discuss, like, how, um, how, we came to find libertarianism and such. And does that affect how you think best to spread the message of liberty as well and how you came to find it? Oh, I get what you're saying. I think I heard you or someone else say this before, that they, that they're, the theory that like the way people came is how they feel it should be spread. Mostly, um, yeah, not always the case, but I, I don't much know. Aside. I mean, I guess... Not, I mean, I've never been politically involved, so maybe you could. I feel like it's almost like playing like horoscopes when you're doing this, because you can kind of like make whatever narrative fit that you want to. Because like, let's say I was involved in the LP right now, like I could overemphasize the the role that Ron Paul had on my involvement. But now, for me right now, where I'm not politically involved, I can overemphasize. So I've never been one who's voted. I've never really been politically involved. I also. Dave Smith played a big part in my in my development. This was before he was involved in the in the party in any way. If anything, that was one of the criticisms he got a lot of that time. So I'm not a big fan of this theory. It's because it is like it's kind of like playing horoscopes, where it's like you can kind of make it. I you can you kind mean, of make yeah. make it fit what you want, it's and it's of, like it's I kind of like fucking trying yeah. to find like predictions Nostradamus made. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah, what it, it's whatever it's, you want it to be. And it's like I've had so many changes in my thinking along the way that it is kind of hard to make that case because it's like I've had different ways affect me. And like, yeah, because like, I don't know. I mean, to just to do the quick, I mean, everyone's, I mean, you know, this is kind of pretty common shtick of like, you know, how, how you came. Like I, uh, I kind of was just generic, like Republican-ish, but not like anyone took it seriously as a young man. Like, uh, but uh, when I got a job, I had a long commute, and so then I kind of started listening to podcasts and stuff because I used to listen to music. I had like an hour-long commute every day, like like hour there, hour back, and uh, yeah. so I listened to podcasts. Initially, I was listening to, like music, but when I got you get tired. You can only listen to so much music. Where you're like, I need something. Like I have all this time. Like why am I wasting it just listening to music? Like music's cool. Like but like you need you need to have something else too. So I started listening to, like podcasts. And I kind of went the generic, like I started like Shapiro and then from Shapiro kind of like to Crowder and then like Crowder to Rubin 
And then, like, once I got a Ruben, I kind of, like, got the Rogan and kind of gone to that, like, intellectual dork web area, you know, with, like, I don't know if you've heard those people, like, the Sam Harris's. Like, so I was very familiar with a lot of those. Jordan Peterson. Um, and then, like, the Joe Rogan was, like, the Joe Rogan, I, like, slowly started shifting more towards Joe Rogan. Because Joe Rogan had the great thing where, like, he would have – Joe Rogan's great for finding – I always suggest people, like, a lot of people, like, want to get into podcasts. Like, Joe Rogan, go check out Joe Rogan. Because the thing is, he, like – he does a good thing of having different guests and you can pop in. Like a lot of times what I do is when I see a Joe Rogan episode drop. I'd like Google search the person real quick. And if it's a topic that kind of interests me, I'm like, I'll, 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 I'll check in. And um, like, and then it, most of those people themselves have usually have like probably half of them have their own podcast that people he brings on. So it's like, you're then from there you can be like, Oh, if they, they get like, like an hour and a half to like three plus hours of this person. And you get a very good idea. If you're like, this is someone I'd love to, I'd like to listen to in a podcast. And from there you kind of find good podcasts. Like I, I kind of got a little more familiar. I kind of, for a while I took the approach of like, I want to have like a well-rounded view kind of started like Jimmy Dore, Kyle Kalinske. I still like those guys, but I don't listen to them as much anymore just because it's like, they're good on the only things they're really good on is like corporate power and like war. And it's like, yeah, it's like, it, it's like me. Uh, I listen to, I, I, for example, I, Jimmy Dore listens. I listen to him when only when there's an issue which I know will agree on. Yeah. There are some people I will go to, even if I disagree with them, I will just go to them and listen to them. Like, I'm never going to agree with, say, um, like, there's a lot of things I disagree with George Galloway on, but I will still listen to the Mother of All Talk shows, uh, his show, because um, I still want to know that side of his thinking because that's how many people think many people mm. just follow the leader. Right. Yeah. Um, I think there's so, only so much time you can do that though. When you, that at some point you're like, I understand the arguments. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I go by yeah. issue. Like yeah. for example, I listen to Russell Brand or someone like, cause um, you know, he, he did a saying says Clint, um, um, a show with him. It's just how close he is to anarchism and yeah, not quite getting it, but still, very interesting perspectives come from there. For me, like to come coming around to libertarianism, I've I've always been an anarchist at heart, um, just due to my dad's rebellious nature. And you know, like when I got to like sixteen around two thousand eight, I wasn't politically aware enough to. Um, I remember my dad watching Ron Paul and being amazed by Ron Paul. And fortunately, he never caught on to the whole libertarianism thing because around the same time as Zeitgeist movie dropped in 2007 it dropped and that was like my major fucking red pill moment uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a Zeitgeist movie no I've never seen it well actually I feel like I've seen bits and pieces like but yeah yeah, yeah. that was that was the major red pill like it said it OD'd me on red pills though because it talked about the microchips and stuff at the end which is starting to fucking happen but um it it's it blew my fucking mind it's like everything i've been fucking taught was a was a lie really that's what it came down to and it blew my mind uh from there i'm just an anarchist but i have no direction with it really mm. um so with the second zeitgeist movement movie it came out and then which spawned a movement was with the resource-based economy stuff uh, getting behind jack fresco's venus project and I think that's where the idea for me, like, because Peter Joseph said, um, to the bet, the politics is not a way to spread an idea. And it's a very outdated form of problem solving, which I actually agree with him on. It is a very outdated 
form of problem solving to have, especially on that scale. It's not like a fucking village. You're talking about a fucking um, a, a, a massive borders. Um, and with that, like, I'd, I rejected politics. I had an opportunity to go into politics. Like, someone offered me a position on the Young Persons Council or something. I was like, nah, I don't want politics. It's corrupt. It'll make me corrupt. So I understood that much. But I tried to blue pill myself gradually when I started to realize just how full of shit conspiracy theories were, the ones that you get out there. Um, I just kind of went back to being a bit more blue pilled and trying to see things rationally where I wasn't actually being rational. Um, and so mine's a weird one. I went from like anarchism to blue pilled, like forcibly blue pilling myself. So like, yeah, I can't do this shit anymore. Like when you see bullshit, you can't ignore bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so what really brought me around was, uh, you know, learning about individualism through Star Wars, through the Sith. Not the best fucking example of individualism, <laughs> but hey, they, they do actually get a lot right in their philosophy. They just, um, they go a bit fucking extreme Max Turner with their shit. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I did. beyond. Yeah, I did, I did a whole episode on how uh, the, the, the Jedi and Sith are a perfect example of horseshoe theory when it comes to their philosophies and how they kind of just boomerang back to both being shitty. So, like, they, they're in a way direct opposites of each other, but also in the same sense, they kind of in a way almost loop back to being the same. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, like, oh, Dan, there's so much you can learn from Star Wars. I think that's one of the reasons I'm just so into philosophy is Star Wars, just how much is in it. Even if you don't know you're taking philosophy in, you are taking it in as a child and you're learning a lesson um, because that's the whole point of what George Lucas is trying to achieve is to teach values through culture, which is probably why I'm just like so insistent on teaching values through culture, teach liberty through culture. George Lucas did it. And, and how many libertarians were, were Star Wars fans as a kid who learned to hate the empire and then see the parallels of the empire <laughs> with their own government? Yeah, you're yeah. you're definitely onto something because like, because yeah, I get I get the argument in a sense when like the the LP folks will be like, well, messaging, messaging. Well, it's for messaging, but it's like, on, for one, I think okay, like, I think generally speaking, over the time, the messaging is going to get degraded, especially the more successful they are, because the more successful they are, the more they're going to find fall into the political trap. And then their messaging is going to deteriorate and eventually fall right back to where they are. And then now they're actually going to have a larger uh, microphone for the bullshit they're, they're spewing at that point when they're just because I, I like to call the LP, especially before this takeover, they were cathedral humpers. And I do think if the LPMC comes back and like this is takeover, they probably will. They'll be pretty awesome and pretty based for a minute. But then give it four, five, six, seven, eight years. Eventually, dwindle out. Yeah, dwindle out, and then the blue pills will come right back, and they'll have a bigger platform than they had before. And so, yeah. but it's like, and so it's like I, I just the way I see politics is I feel like at best it's you're spinning your wheels, like it's like you're you're not if you are getting any traction, it's at best marginal. I think it's most it's I think it's either. And then I think, like, honestly, I think at best you're 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 doing nothing, and at worst you're actually moving things backwards. Yeah, like you're screwing yourself over. I but even, um, my point oh. I was getting at though is that, like, there are other avenues. People always use like, well, the, the politics is such a good loudspeaker to reach people. It's like, yeah, sure. At election time. 
Otherwise, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Otherwise, no. Like no one gives a shit about their elections other than the, the, the federal elections every four years. And then even then, like, even with that in mind, like, I don't know, I feel like Dave Smith, like you look at like Dave Smith's a good example of some of the huge platform. And like, I feel like, he, like, I think he had fucking, didn't he have more followers than the LP national? I might be wrong. Like, yeah. so like, or, or he almost does, but like, he definitely has a large enough loud, like loudspeaker. And even then you bring up the, you know, utilizing entertainment. And I know that's like not the only way you can go. And I know a lot of people like be like, oh, well, some people are more conducive towards using the political way. But I feel like even then there's always some other shit they can do, you know? So, yeah. No. Like, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> oh, all right. Do you know this being recorded? <laughs> um, yeah, that's exactly like, and you know, he's got a talent as well. He's a comic. And it's like, look at George Carlin and Bill Hicks. They... They woke so many people up. How many libertarians say they became libertarians because of George Carlin? Like, he was one of the biggest influences. He wasn't even a libertarian. or I guess he was in a sense, but he was such an individual <laughs> that it's hard to pin him down to a specific sect of libertarianism. I'd say he's left, left-leaning libertarian. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, he created more libertarians through mockery of the state, through his talents of social commentary and for his talents of just being hilarious like one of the same reasons why i'm i i'm so anti-authoritarian is my dad was just so good at ripping on authority like the school he would just he would just take the piss out of me just rip them and he made me see the school as a joke and i would just reject their authority and george carlin did that uh, bill hicks did that there's other comics who do that and you can find them now on youtube thanks to the internet so like it's like you've got this talent, and I'm not one to say to people what to do with their platform. I ain't gonna say what to do with this platform, but I'm just like utilize your skills and your interests. Like there's there's no better way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I, I just, yeah, I, I just, I would, I would like to uh, discourage utilizing the political system because I do think there are better ways to do it. Because Dave Smith's a great example, being as him being a comedian, his shtick is like he was a legionist ganks. He's like does horribly offensive shit all the time, which I'm all about. I love that, but it's like. I feel like you get to a point where you're trying to appeal to different factions and you kind of water down your message, which I know that's like, especially right now, which I'm kind of, that was a big thing. A lot of people in our circles were kind of like murmuring about right now. Like, cause uh, like we kind of talked about Lib Uni thing and then, and depending on how you define Lib Uni, I'm cool with it, but he is, he's kind of made some of his messaging. It's very like, I can give it a favorable interpretation of, of uh, like the recent speech he had and be like, okay, not so bad. But there are other interpretations you can give. I do think the messaging is a little confusing because the whole thing was like with when they started this with like the LPMC and stuff was like, we're going to be dropping bombs. We're going to be firecrackers. We're going to push out the negative elements like blah, 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 blah. And like, but now it's like this like unifying thing, which like, sure, I, I'm a big fan. I bring up the Frederick, Frederick Douglass quote frequently that like I, I will team up with it. I mean, I'm, I might mess it up, but uh, I'll team up with any man to do right and, and no man to do wrong. And so, like, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I I will join up with you if it's something I agree with you on. Mm. But if I disagree with you, I'm going to call you on it. And our agreements do not buy you any favor in our disagreements and vice versa. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
That's so perfect. Like, that's, yes. Yeah. So, and I, so I do still, but I still think there are negative elements within this LP that they seem to be kind of signaling towards like, oh, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. This could be a ploy. Last time this happened, the ironically, the, the bad actors seemed to slap back and showed them for what they were. But just, I just feel like it just seems like a watering down of messaging. I mean, I, like I said, I'm at a spot where like I could be proven to be wrong late, later. I'm just very hesitant. And I've, I've always said to a lot of people, because a lot of people like know about my like being anti-political. It's like, I mean, I, this is something I'm not like hugely cemented on. It's just a concept I've come to recently. Like, I think that's the case. Everything I think I generally couch with, I could be wrong. So yeah. like, so I'm not going to be an asshole about it. And it's kind of like, you know what? Like, maybe you proved me wrong. And then I'll eat my words later. I've been wrong many times in my life. I'm sure I'll be wrong many times you know, going forward. And maybe this is one of them, but from just like, I just can't, I just can't square some of the stuff that like the thoughts I've had. And, you know, maybe later I'll see like some error in my way and logic that was flawed, but I just, I don't see this as being a way to go forward, but I could be wrong. Yeah. No, as I like to say, the whole unity thing, I look at more as I, I, I use the word based unity. If you're based on the main issues, yeah, we can, um, <laughs> I, I, I'll listen to you. I'll take the time to listen to you. It doesn't mean I'm gonna uh, give any. Uh, I'm, mean I'm gonna give any ground to you on any on anything because my principles are not up for debate. It's yeah. my principles, and that's that. So, like for example, like I mentioned earlier, like um, like I mentioned George Galloway earlier, perfect example because uh, he's f- absolutely he's as good as Scott Horton when it comes to anti-war with his knowledge of the situation. Um, with his critique, with his passion, so I will unify with him. But I'm not going to. It doesn't mean I'm going to vote for you either. Like I'm not voting yeah. for your communist party. Ain't going to happen. Yeah, that's the same <laughs> thing with Dave. Like with Dave, him going around doing political stuff. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of speeches going forward. Where like, and I, I'm very much like I don't have a problem commending political figures or political folks when they say something I agree with. I, it's just more just like what platform they're utilizing to do it. The fact they're utilizing the political system. Cause it's like with that platform comes a very clear and obvious negative. Cause yeah. like, you know, it clearly to some extent is endorsing or in, in, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Increasing the, the state to some extent. I know you're going to be like, well, we're joining it to push it back. It's like, sure. Okay. You know, I, I don't know. I just don't see that being a good tactic. I would say just but, join, if you're going to join it, just do it to call him a bitch. <laughs> like, you know, and you know what? Like, a lot of people say that about the messaging. Like, oh, you shouldn't talk like that. It's not like, no, you're playing their game when you talk properly anyway in those spaces. You're playing their game. If you look at the way the old unionists used to talk in politics, like the, the old communist types mm. back in the 40s, 50s, 60s and such, like, they would, they would, you know, they'd offer fist fights. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to be clear because I feel like sometimes people get the idea that I like, oh, you're just like being like a Dave Smith hater or you're just hating on this or whatever. And it's like, no, no. no if anything, like Dave Smith is still probably like my honestly, uh, I don't, I mean, top three like libertarian heroes. Yeah. It, like, you know, what it's I mean, like, like, it's like, I wouldn't even comment on it if I didn't have any yeah. respect. I wouldn't well, it's have like, it. Uh, I was arguing with somebody about something today and they like put up a quote of like Ron Paul and I was kind of like, 
I, I was like, I didn't even read it because I, I knew, I'm pretty sure I knew the passage it was referring to. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I mean, I love Ron Paul, but I don't agree with every single thing he says. So like, yeah. I can have disagreements with thing he's, things he's done or yeah. believes. Like, it's but, like... <laughs> yeah, don't, don't be a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, just agree just because you you like the person. So like a cult of personality shit. That's, that's one of the things that's really harming yeah. our culture is people just following everything someone says and then they try and argue it and then they can't because they haven't thought about it themselves they haven't rationalized it yeah um and we in terms of just effectiveness as well like the, it's like i was like when you look at how like what we've learned right where people always talk about like, what we've learned since say ron paul or even in history what we've learned no one ever considers what's the state learned Mm. What, what, from their perspective, looking through their optics, let's just put ourselves in their, um, in their shoes. What have they learned from Ron Paul? Mm. It's never going to happen again. They're like they're, they're just the GOP, libertarian running through it and getting somewhere, not going to happen because they will do better at blocking that person's message. And they already did a pretty decent job at blocking Ron Paul mm. by giving him limited time to speak, having him missing on the. Um, rankings and stuff by accident quotation yeah. marks um and then what have they learned since um what have they learned since the second world war what have they learned since the american revolution what have they learned since the war of roses what have they learned since rome they take these they we have our what we've learned they have what they've learned they learn uh, they, they you know what they, they look at it through what they have learned and they will not make the same mistake twice unless it's in economics but they're not going to, not in such a short term, uh, short span, they're not going to make the same mistake. They're going to learn from it. Yeah. There's, so. a, there's something to the fact that Ron Paul utilized the Republican Party. I'm not, I, I'm very much like, a, I've joked before because I'm anti-political, but I have joked before, like, it's very much like the, uh, the Hoppe thing with, like, monarchy being preferable to democracy. But obviously I prefer anarchy overall, but, mm. like... So when I'm debating which is better, the libertarian strategy or the Republican strategy, it's kind of very similar to that. Like I prefer neither, but like I is like I is kind of like a interesting question of which is better because you do like look at Ron Paul and it's like he did utilize. So I do think both of them cause harm in the long run, but in some senses, I almost feel like if you're going that route, if you're like a libertarian trying to be like I want to do the best or the either the best or the least amount of harm for it or whatever, then I actually think there might be, there's a really good case for the Republican way because the ass I know it probably takes longer and it may be harder strategy wise, but there's a much bigger payoff because and that's very much shown with Ron Paul, which I know and I get really irritated because a lot of people always that's the the thing thrown in Agra's face all the time is well what about Ron Paul what about Ron Paul what about Ron Paul it's like yes Ron Paul brought multitudes to to liberty but you know what for one like i've already mentioned he didn't utilize the libertarian party he just didn't and then two um like think about think think about how many people like uh think about how many people that got sucked into politics so like and also there's the argument one thing i've been bringing up lately too is like even if i do accept that like say we say that like ron paul was a positive for liberty like and like I'm not, I'm not saying he's a negative at all but like overall you know entire course of history you look at him and you're like 
he actually did a lot for Liberty. And I do think he did in, in some ways. I'm looking in like an overall, like, you know, the effects and so on and so forth. Like, Ron Paul's a goddamn angel, if I'm not it, clear on that. But – Sorry. You're finished with your point. Sorry. Go ahead. But what I'm getting at is – oh, shit. I lost my fucking train of thought. I'm oh, so I'm sorry, man. You threw it off. I was on a <laughs> – yeah, you went on a good tangent then as well. Yeah. You took a, you took a breath and I stuck it for um you finishing your point. It's yeah, like damn it, I'm thrown off. No, I'll come back to it. All right, maybe I'll help you regain that train of thought here. <laughs> I was gonna say that it's just like I said. They, from their perspective, they've learned they made a mistake with Ron mm. Paul. They made a mistake by allowing a libertarian on the platform for someone to come from the LP and get onto their platform. Tim for a hat for a moment. Can you imagine if Ron Paul is actually just playing the status and then one day he's just gonna fucking spit fire like Ron Paul. That'd be amazing. But right? probably, it's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. <laughs> I remember my analogy now. My analogy uh, what I was gonna what I was gonna say is that the best way I think in my personal opinion to look at Ron Paul would be like look at politics as if it's like a casino. And mm. like within that casino there might be better games to play. But like you know, okay, in this example, we're going to say we're playing slots. And say you played the slots for two hours every single day for your entire life. And then one day you hit a jackpot. And it was a kick ass jackpot. And that's what Ron Paul is. Like, he's a jackpot. He was like, you won a ton of money that day. But yeah. it's like, you know what? Now, for like, especially to use that example of a gambler, like a, a, someone who is addicted to gambling, you know what? They you know what gamblers think of when they like think about like, whether they should or shouldn't gamble, they think about the wins. Like, oh, well, yeah. shit, I, I mean, I had that win. They always you say, I mean? gamblers always say to you, oh, my God, I just won. Uh, like, uh, like, I know someone who's like, she won a thousand pounds in work, just sitting there on the phone, spinning in work. Oh, I won a thousand pounds. Yeah, but how much did you spend? Yeah. <laughs> to get that thousand pounds, you're probably, you're probably getting yourself out of the hole. Yeah. And how, and how and, much is this going to serve to suck you back into it later? Yeah. that's kind of the point is like that's my point with like the ron paul phenomenon is like yes but he reinvigorated belief that this was a good strategy when it hadn't been working it there was one blip it worked and it worked really well real quick right and place now right people, time yeah and now that's and like just like i say when it comes to like aggress everybody's like, well, what about ron paul what about ron paul and it's kind of like that's my point like this is what you like remember that one time we did really good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's like uh, and, and to use another analogy, it's like if you want to be a Trojan horse, which is essentially what Ron Paul was when he went in and did that, he was a Trojan horse. No one, no one saw it coming. He's just, oh, like, here's another Republican. Then, oh, shit, it's a libertarian. Fuck, fuck, fuck. What do we do? What do we do? You're not being a Trojan horse if you haven't got the disguise to begin with. You're just going in there saying, we're the libertarians. Mm. we've come to take down the state that's not the trojan horse that's going to be they're just not going to let it in they're not going to let it through the gates if they already know what's inside the fucking horse so yeah. it's it, it's it's such a I, I don't know i can't wrap my head around it and it kind of falls into that you can't criticize uh rumpel at all kind of thing is just as just as silly as those who um say he did nothing um, or that he was yeah. a racist or something. It's just you, you've got to allow some disagreement with people who are uh, cults of personality. Mm. Um, and with that, like, I'd say oh, there was a point I was going to make. <laughs> See, it's a knock on effect now that we're getting here. <laughs> I knocked your train of thought. 
now my train of thought's gone. I was going to say that it's to go back to where I was just going to regain my train of thought. Yeah, they're not going to make the mistake again of allowing a libertarian on the platform. It was it was um, like even through even through the Republican Party, it won't work again unless mm. someone pretends to be a Republican for years and then suddenly <laughs> surprise, I'm a libertarian. Um, and you're playing you're playing the game they want i understand like i used to think of it more as you if you're fighting a war you need people on all fronts mm -hmm. and i get it I, I get the argument that the libertarian names being like uh destroyed by these like blue pilled or whatever you want to call them these like these types who dilute the message into like where it's nothing but at the same time it's just like well you need to wow i'm losing my train of thought now do you know what it is it's because my girlfriend came back <laughs> <laughs> uh, right in the middle of it and now i'm losing my train of thought it's just i used to think of it as fighting a war on all fronts now i see it as less so it's it's a weight like you say it's a waste of energy and besides if you go through the culture as eric july is doing and you create more libertarians that way it's just a natural thing that's going to happen that people are going to vote libertarian anyway mm. it's going to come into the politics either way yeah um i i, I get the argument that uh politics can affect culture it's the reason we're all elbow bumping instead of handshaking right i get that argument but you try and like if it, the culture has to be there or like de degraded to a degree already that you that it allows for this kind of shit to happen. This kind of tyrannical shit happens because of the code, because the culture allows it to happen. Uh, like you try and dismantle the NHS in England right now, try and run on that platform, try and influence our free politics. Ain't going to happen because we've got a culture that worships the NHS. You, you, it, it, the changes you want can only be affected that way. Mm. Um, and we've seen a, since, suffering two world wars which centralized power immensely to the state and destroyed so many families and created a reliance on the state we have just seen this liberty culture just degrade and degrade and degrade and the libertarian party has had has been on the sidelines the whole time for a reason it's mm -hmm. just not going to it's not going to work yeah and i do think uh you kind of hit on a good point there is i actually think a lot of people like a, a lot of people say silly shit to bring it back to like so out like the big one of the things i'm known for is like agorism and it's like a lot of people will shit on agorists be like well the l part the lp is going to exist no matter what or politics they just because you aren't are using them doesn't mean they're going to go away and it's like they're to some extent being anti-political or non-politically involved or not voting or whatever actually has effects on politics so like by having a populace that is not a voting populace i do think that to some effect affects things because when they do like push things through they ha they will have this recognized like well shit like 70 or 80 percent of our our populace isn't voting so it's kind of like i don't know if we're going to be able to just ram through this craziness because it's like it's the whole idea if we could get a hundred percent if we could get everyone to stop voting and stop being politically involved period the state would just magically disappear just yeah they, they, there's but, now, to, to but my, but my point was that now what about when you have 90 percent? what about 80 percent? 70 percent? 60 percent? these are still like moving towards this like just percentage is just making it more and more free and like yes you will still see a political effect 
because there will still be pol- politics going on, but it's like it's going to be affected differently because there's less of a populace that's buying into the bullshit. It's just more they're just passively there, you know? Yeah. And this comes around to why I do not vote and I will never vote again. I voted once for Jeremy Corbyn. It was a mistake. Um, because the state, they emphasize that. You're right. They emphasize the vote eternal. Because mm-hmm. to borrow a Chinese, a Chinese philosophical thing here, like political philosophy, is they've got this thing called the mandate of heaven, where you are, the mandate of heaven is your right to rule. Uh, they, and when people lose faith, your right to rule has been taken away. Um, in Chinese philosophy, it's called you've lost the mandate. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we kind of operate on a similar thing through voter turnout. This is why I don't vote, because when you vote, you are you are essentially saying, I sign a social contract. doesn't matter if you vote in a fucking anarchist party. doesn't matter if you vote in the Monster Raven Looney Party, which is like a fucking protest party over here. You have just signed the, man- you have just signed the social contract when you vote. You just said you have a right to rule because I'm participating in the system. I actually so, don't agree with that, but I, I get what you're getting. They at. say it that they say it that way. I don't agree with. Oh, that. okay. Oh, I got you. Oh, yes, I get the that. The state like, oh, okay. That okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that because that's their way of saying like, well, now you've had your input, so you've bought into it, and that's kind of like what I'm getting at. Like they do perceive that, and it is to some extent, it is like it gives them the, and and for a lot of people that does that actually do vote, that is kind of like, well, I had my say, and you know, I did my civic duty. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm more looking for a strategic sense. I know, but I get get what you're getting at, though. Around Occupy Wall Street, the state, at least in Britain, were freaking out over the voter turnout. I remember it being an issue on TV, uh, on the news. They were like, the voter turnout's too low. You know, um, people need to get out voting, blah, 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 trying to propagandize the fucking democracy and shit. Because it went so low, it went... if I don't remember the numbers exactly, I was too young, but it went to like something stupid, like fucking 70 something percent. And the reason they're worried is because once a particular like number of the population stop, like are on board with an idea. So let's just say like that 25% in the minds of the state could be, could be anarchists. The state's like, shit, this anarchism shit, this like lack of faith in the system is about to take off. It's no wonder they bring in the woke shit and everything and a Donald Trump along to fucking come and bring people back into the fold of politics and voting because the voting count was lowering that much. They were like, shit, we are losing our legitimacy. This idea is going to take off. Mm-hmm. That they, they freaked the fuck out. I, I need to find the articles on that from back then. Speaking of, real quick on Eric, have you, have you, uh, have you seen where uh, the anarchist handbook is at right now? It's in the top 30, I know that, which is... Yeah. Last night, according to part of the problem last night, so I don't know if it's changed since then. It was twenty six in the in the world best selling wow. book, and it just came out. So it's like you would think it probably hasn't even peaked yet since it just came out. That's so, absolutely amazing, man. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking Michael Malice is an absolute godsend, and the fact mm-hmm. he doesn't get involved with the politics is just even better. Like mm-hmm. he, he, there's no better anarchist in our time right now than Michael mm-hmm. Malice. Like, so yeah, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, I got the, <laughs> I have my own podcast. It's called No Way Jose. I'm on uh, YouTube. I'm also just about everywhere audio podcasts are available at. You can always hit me up on email at thelibertymovementglobal at gmail.com. You can also, I'm very available on Twitter. So uh, at Galley San Jose, 
Um, or you can just type in Jose Galison, it'll pop up. I'm on, I'm on most major socials, but really Twitter's the only one I'm active on. Everywhere else, I just drop my little promos, and that's about it. Um, yeah, that's uh, I think that's all I got. I got a lot of I like a lot of episodes, a lot of good episodes in the uh, in the can right now, and I'm really excited to release. Like, uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely be paying attention. But okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, everyone, thanks for listening to us. We're both like extremely tired and falling asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you actually manage to stay through listening to our ramblings, uh, we appreciate you doing that. And yeah, definitely go and check out Jose and join us for the next one. Goodbye now. Peace.